Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Dear listeners from Puzzle, for the first time in English, I'd like to say welcome to the newest episode of Puzzle for the second episode this year. But first, I would like to uh, announce our guest from today. It's Dirk Jonker. Welcome, Dirk. Welcome, Dirk. Hey, thanks, Jelle. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, can you tell a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So my name is Dirk. I'm a big math nerd in HR. I started with people analytics um, about 15 years ago. Um, I live in Amsterdam, um, studied here as well. Um, actuarial science is like a branch of econometrics. And I uh, am the CEO of Cruncher. Wow. Okay, cool. So my next question is, like, we are doing this episode in English because... Um, well, I mean, it's good for us, of course, to practice our, our language skills, but you you asked for it and we were glad to do so because we actually had it planned already. Absolutely. But um, why why did you request to do it in English? Well, I think um, um, analytics in HR is still a very much developing uh, area and um, everybody needs to have access to knowledge. That's one thing. And the second thing, if you look a bit more philosoph philosophical, then analytics is really about connecting people, connecting data. Yeah, exactly. So why not use a universal language that everybody understands? Yeah. We want to break down these silos, right? So if we do this in Dutch, then nobody else can can understand this. So let's open up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what made you so interested in HR, Dick? Actually, um, I moved to uh, to the US um, about 15 years ago to New York City. And I helped uh, large companies in transformations. And um, I was always interested in HR because, you know, the workforce are the people that make companies. The, the people are the ones that uh, think about new products, uh, do the innovation. It's not machines, but it's really the people. Um, but at the same time, I also saw that um, the biggest capital that companies do not own, which is the workforce, uh, so little was known about it. So when I moved to the US, I really got interested in can we apply the same mathematical elegant techniques to understand better people's behavior and to make a better connection between the plans of business and the ambitions of people. So uh, that was basically my start in, uh, in analytics in HR. Oh, really cool. Can you give us like a, a brief uh, explanation? What is HR data exactly? Yeah, um, maybe see HR data as the DNA trail of people and organizations. So there is, so, so how does it all started? How did it all became important? Well, in companies, uh, smaller and bigger ones, you need processes, you know, to help develop, select, uh, pay uh, people. And they work in an organization structure. So there's processes. These processes were managed in systems. These systems and processes generated data points. So for example, your salary today is, is 10, your salary next year is 12. Hey, we got a 20% salary increase. So the processes generate, started to generate data and with the access to um, business intelligence tooling, we started to activate these data points. And now the data becomes really important because it's basically the thermometer inside an organization as long as you use it well. Hey, and so you're talking about your own company. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how how the hell did you start a company in, in the US? 
<laughs> well, the, the U.S. is basically the perfect storm to start a company. Um, and at the time, it was also the perfect storm because this was like 2006, 2007, 2008. It was when the financial crisis was developing and huge companies had very big questions like, hey, how can we still retain the best people? We need to reduce costs by 30, 40 percent. Um, where are we going to get it? Um, are we going to outsource this part to that part of the world? Yes or no? So huge questions. That was one thing. The second thing is that Americans love data. So don't come to a boardroom meeting with like, hey, I think, I mean, they will slap you in the face. They will be like, where's the data? Where's the evidence? So there is always a big um, need and, and trust in data. And the third one is that companies have so much data they sit on and they don't use, especially back then. So um, I basically saw the connection between the big questions, uh, the trust in data, the need for data, and, and the data that was there. And to me, it was only connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. So that uh, later became Cruncher. Yeah, you're uh, saying Dirk, that uh, there was a lot of data inside uh, those companies, um, but they didn't use it. Was it because uh, a lack of knowing uh, of the, the technology or was it something else? Yeah, excellent question, uh, Jelle. Um, I think the biggest problem is that you can have a lot of data and you can have big questions, but if you don't know how to connect big questions to the data that you have, then um, you will never really use it or you will use it to a very small extent. So um, what I really like is, uh, you know, to cook with all the available data ingredients and create new dishes. So you really listen carefully to what the businesses worry about, not what HR is worried about, because HR is just there to serve the business. But what the business is worried about or what they're contemplating, what they're thinking, what the new strategy is. And then you basically look on your shoulder and you see all these beautiful data laid out and then you start to make the connections. Yeah. So um, that's basically cooking in HR. That, that's that's the most important thing and uh, and also quite fun to do. Yeah, you're saying they love data in the US, Dick. Um, do you see any differences between loving data in uh, the Netherlands? Yeah, actually, yes. So um, in the US, bringing data to the table is really important. And here in uh, the Netherlands, um, it's coming. But people also still very much trust uh, experience and, um, you know, gut feel, ondergevoel. Um, and I think the truth is in the middle, because often I believe that, that your instinct is always right and the data can support it. That's one thing. And the second thing is that data analytics can help you to find things that you could have never seen without, you know, um, smart technology that we have today. So you cannot disregard instinct, but you need to, um, you know, sugarcoat the instinct a bit with very clear data points to make the story more powerful. If you have a company um, of, of thousands of people and you really spend, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of euros on people and organization, then uh, uh, gut feel is nice, but you want to have some data to really understand what is happening with people and organization. Yeah, so, exactly. for example, if you um, if Schiphol is uh, thinking about building an extra runway, or if the city of Amsterdam or Rotterdam is thinking about building a tunnel, do you know how many business cases need to be created, and how many stacks of paper and how many financial models uh, are being created? It's crazy, but it's needed because you make big decisions. And in HR, you know, in companies, people spend 
millions and millions and millions of euros every single day. So yes, intuition is nice, but you better have your data ready. Uh, which tools do you use at Crunchyard, Dirk? Or is it something we cannot ask? Confidential. Oh, you can ask <laughs> anything and everything. I, I don't have uh, any business secrets uh, for, for anyone. So um, uh, we build everything ourselves. And the reason is that um, <clears throat> in the US, and when I came back to the Netherlands, um, I, I still used, you know, Excel and Tableau and, and in the early days, Power BI. And it is nice to start, but the moment that you really start to do some uh, nicer modeling, for example, employee turnover over time, then um, it really becomes difficult to do this in generic tools. So we decided when we started to build this enterprise platform to build everything ourselves from scratch for really high performance and customization. Yeah. And so when I checked out your website, I saw that you are working uh, for, like, are you working for? I'm not sure for pretty big companies in the Netherlands, for example, uh, the Rabobank, big Dutch mm -hmm. bank, but also for uh, Action Nobel. Mm -hmm. uh, I can imagine that before you got, like, crunches started working for them like you could see like big improvements uh, since you guys started so um of course i cannot speak to specific clients but uh, of course of yeah. course but in general um the starting point for most companies is that they build something themselves in tableau in power bi in excel in whatever tool in ClickView. and that in the beginning they uh, could do what they wanted but then authorizations came in their way. Like, hey, you can see this, but you cannot see this part. Or audits came into the way. Like, hey, that the audit department said, like, show me everyone who have got access to these data points. Well, oops, we don't drop that. <laughs> or the moment that you start to add more functionality, you know, it becomes really slow. And to a moment where you have a few people in HR just maintaining a tool. Well, this is not the work of HR. So the thing that we saw for most companies is to replace their homegrown tools, which help them to understand what they're looking for. We replace it with the Cruncher Workforce Reporting and People Analytics Technology. And then basically we give access in a very secure and a very fast way to everybody who needs access. And then the fun starts. Then we start to uh, do projects with them. Like, hey, okay, so now we have access to, to all these data, all these insights. Now let's focus on the business. So for example, business is growing here, it's automating here. What is the impact for our recruiting policy? Or we have difficulties attracting uh, technical talent. What can we do about it? Or we see a lot of people leaving the company within the first 12 months after hire. What's the problem? How big is this problem? What are the options? So it's click, 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 and there you have your answers. So uh, those are the things that we typically do. Oh. So you've been working with a lot of big companies. I saw them on your website, and mm -hmm. that is really cool. But how can HR data improve smaller companies, companies that don't have millions to spend or don't have like thousands of people um, uh, inside the company. How can yeah. they use data analysis? I think exactly in the same way. So also if you have a company of two, three, four hundred people, you also have questions on like, how happy are these people? Um, during Corona, during COVID-19 times, uh, do we see absenteeism yeah. increase or decrease? 
um, what are the skills that we need to work on today in order to be successful tomorrow? So the questions are exactly the same. The only difference is, is that the HR teams of smaller companies, um, I mean, they don't have uh, indeed uh, a lot of uh, money to spend on yeah. professional HR teams, but they still have the same reporting questions. So we also work for them and um, and have a, uh, a, a more dedicated version of the product. Okay. I will also was curious, what are your experiences right now with the uh, the average uh, ABO student and their level of uh, combining data to um, and uh, future solutions? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do see a big difference between um, the um, HR professionals who have been in business for like 20, 30 years and between the HR professionals who just joined the workforce. The people who just joined the workforce cannot imagine that you don't have these insights readily available. Yeah. So you become a junior HR business partner and the business leader is talking about, oh, we're losing so many people. And the first question that you have is, okay, show me the statistics. Where's my dashboard? I need it. That's a natural reflex. But well, isn't that something for uh, for for, yeah, for for something like a level of university? Because uh, I'm asking this because my brother is studying econometrics. Is that the English yeah. word for econometry? Yeah. He's uh, studying econometrics at uh, Erasmus. Yeah. And uh, last year I had some troubles with HR data, and I asked him, uh, "Can you help me to uh, connect those points to solutions?" And he uh, was looking at uh, the file, and he was like, "Jesus, this this is <laughs> so easy." And I was like, okay, why is it for me so hard? And is it for him so easy? But um, yeah, but be careful there... because um, um, basically um, an HR professional of the future can use data, but also knows how to design solutions. So for you, it might be challenging to organize the data, to set up a database, to make the calculations. But for him, it might be very difficult to see we have a very high turnover and how to reduce yeah. the turnover. Econometricians don't know how to do it, but that's exactly what you know how to do. We should, yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's why we need analytics in the most simplest form to create a universal language so that the econometricians and the HR professionals can work together to basically, uh, um, I mean, what I would wish for HR professionals of the future is that there is a system that basically constantly scans for opportunities and scans for risks um, and then basically flag these to you where you say, okay, I know how to solve these problems, but I need to know where I can make the most impact. Yeah, so in, the, in, the in the perfect world, the econometric guys uh, will deliver all the, all the numbers <laughs> and all the data and the HR guys will deliver That's, the solutions. Exactly. That's what we're here <laughs> for, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So um, you guys are incredibly important, incredibly important, because without solutions, you know, HR data analytics is nothing. Yeah, cool. Hey, and Dirk, so um, again, like you work with a lot of big companies and um, I mean, do you see what how they work and what they do exactly? If you would have to think of one thing that they should definitely improve or that um, can be used for you know for universities or colleges. What would that what would that be? Um, what I think is that over the last three four years, most companies experimented with analytics in HR. 
So this could be HR analytics, people analytics, workforce analytics, two very three different things. Companies experimented with this, but some companies keep stuck in this experimentation phase. So they keep building stuff themselves, while what we just discussed, HR professionals are perfect and are very well equipped to solve problems. They are maybe not the best people to build these solutions. So the HR leader of the future recognizes that you need some kind of system technology to show exactly where HR can make the biggest impact. But um, leave building the technology to professionals, so either to IT teams, to us, to competitors, doesn't matter, but focus on the solutions. That's really important because there is a big uh, responsibility for HR. Again, they're spending millions and millions every single day, every single day. Yeah. And do they, do they show any return on investment? Do they, so it's time to take responsibility and show basically maybe a bit the American way that we started off with <laughs> numbers need to be present at the boardroom. Otherwise, you still do not make any impact. So that I think that is really something that we can learn from the Americans, right? So we have our facts ready. Yes. What, what can the American people, the Americans learn from us? From a lot. I think right now American people can learn a lot from us right now. <laughs> no, no, but I mean company-wise. Yeah, so uh, so company-wise, um, uh, I think to to build a bit more sustainable relationships between businesses and people. So why was it? Um, why can you make big impact with data in the US? Well, because I can tell you tomorrow. Here's your box. Why don't you leave? Yeah. Um, and what I personally prefer is to have a bit more long-term, durable relations between businesses and people, because you need each other. Exactly. And uh, rebuilding cultures takes years. Rebuilding uh, new skills and competencies, it takes years. So, so a bit more sustainable um, human interaction, I would say. Yeah. So right. maybe bring the human side to the HR data analysis. I think there there must be a, a good way of working together with uh, Cruncher and uh, uh, taking uh, Rabobank, for example. Um, are you also uh, working on the level of uh, working with HR data on employees at the companies right over there? Um, and and, and do they improve? Do they improve their HR data skills? Yeah. So um, uh, the people who are using Cruncher are often in the uh, HR department. So um, basically, the thing that we try to do with Cruncher is, you know, you have your mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Just scroll down, and the right questions appear and the answer is right below. So for the end users, we really try to educate them to become comfortable with data points. Whenever they see a metric, for example, the high potential talent turnover is at 12.4%. You can click and you see the names of those people. You need to build trust and love with data. On the employee level, we, uh, we have survey technology, actually little games that the employees play to show basically to indicate what they find important in their work and in their career. So um, do they really find it important to have the highest salary or do they prefer career opportunities? Exactly. And um, so we do tons of surveys with larger companies to really calculate the employee value proposition, for example. All right. And so, um, so you guys 
basically give them all the results that they need, give them all the answers. No answers, that's a better word. But then you have, like, for example, Yale, you talked about uh, Rabobank. Rabobank. Yeah. Um, for example, then they have the answers, but then there is a HR employee. Are you also talking with them? Okay, how are you gonna, how gonna, how are you gonna work it out, or are you just giving them, giving them the answers, and then they have to figure out how they are gonna adjust them in the company? Well, um, again, I, I cannot speak to specific clients, but of course, of course, larger companies have very, very professional people analytics teams. So they say, as long as you give us access to these insights, we can design programs to improve business results. Um, so every large company has a dedicated leader for people analytics. Exactly. And I think that is, that is an important, important topic that, of course, we want to discuss during this podcast as well, because we're making this podcast, I mean, we're making it basically for everyone who's interested in HR topics, but um, we are uh, HRM students and mm -hmm. we are studying for it. And so what we have, our school system, we work with different uh, core uh, com competent, uh, damn it, I forgot how to pronounce the word. Yeah, yeah. No, core core competencies. Exactly, thank you. So um, what it is, like we have six of them and HR data, uh, data analysis is the sixth and it's always yeah. like kind of the forgotten one the one that is people don't really like them teachers don't really know what to what to do with them and usually now it's filling in an excel form uh, you know make make a very short and small uh, analysis about well, about an interview, like oh, several interviews. Like a missed opportunity. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So my yeah. question would be, how how could we as well? How could my my education? How mm. could they improve this? How could they help me become a pro in HR data data analysis? Yeah. So um, the tip that I have for your school and for your uh, teachers is basically that core competency number one is to embrace HR technology, to embrace HR data, to become better and informed HR professionals. And I think it's about three things. It's about really understanding the business relevant questions and connected to those data points. Yeah. So if you do a consulting for a, a business leader who is uh, worried about workforce cost, um, you know that uh, they're spending too much and that the, um, uh, that the revenue is coming down, um, then you should already think like, okay, so 70% of what a company spends is on people, 70% um, of that is in base pay, um, how flexible is this base pay? So you need to start thinking as this person is starting to talk on what kind of data points do you see and how can you connect the problem to the data. The second thing is you need to know a bit about how to organize your data uh, in order to use it. And the third thing is, of course, that you really understand on what you can and what you cannot do with data. And this is in Dutch the AVG and in English the GDPR. So it should become core competency number one <laughs> to make love with HR technology and HR data to empower. So um, yeah, what we do a lot is um, at schools is we have an education version of Cruncher. 
um, which schools and companies can use. We make a lot of games, so realistic simulation games um, in the data set. And then students um, from HBO, from um, a professional education to uh, MBA students are using Cruncher to solve realistic questions using data without them needing to understand how to build formulas or how to build databases because leave that to the IT folks. Exactly. It's really your task to connect business problems to, to the art of the possible of HR data. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, yeah. Do you want do you have anything to add? Okay. And I think uh, HR data should be one of the main topics later on in the study or maybe in the second year. Yeah. Uh, is there something like a program for a week you could set out at Avance, uh, there? Yeah, what we can do is um, uh, why don't you guys arrange a meeting with uh, the head teacher, uh, you and you and me, and then um, we can think about uh, maybe a, a guest lecture with a uh, super cool interactive workshop or something. Uh, happy to do so. That would be so cool. I mean, I'm sure because we had, we had a survey um, that we spread through our listeners and we asked them, hey, we are we are um, wondering what are some topics that you guys are interested in? Mm -hmm. And some of them said HR uh, data analysis. Mm -hmm. So there is there is question. For, there are questions for it. And I'm pretty sure that um, a lot of students will be very interested and uh, they can be much more motivated to uh, get into the data analysis. So I think I'm sure there are some teachers listening. They will uh, have to, I mean, they cannot skip it anymore. They have to face the fact well, that it's it. just important. Let's do it. Let's wake them up. Let's shake them up. Let's cool. go. Yeah. Great. Well, Dirk, uh, thank you. Thank you for, for well, working with us, for joining this episode for our Puzzle podcast. and. Um, yeah, well, thank you amazing for, 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 for giving me some podium, but also to uh, what you do for the students, because the new HR professional of the future, the one that embraces people data analytics starts here. It starts at your school. Uh, so uh, thanks what you do for the future HR professional. Well, I think I am glad to. I'm sure, Yale, you are too, right? I agree. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So, li listeners, thank you again. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We, uh, at least we did very much, very glad and very happy to do it in English. Just follow us on Spotify, check us out. We're going to post it with the video on YouTube and um, follow us on LinkedIn, follow the hashtag Puzzle and uh, we hope uh, you enjoyed the episode and see you guys in two weeks. All right, take care, bye-bye. Take care, bye -bye. ciao, bye guys.